Hey there. I'm really glad that you've come to check out the KZMC Weekly Teaching. My name is Ryan Yancey and I'm the lead pastor. KZMC gathers together for worship every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. in person. You can also join us by our live stream available on YouTube. If you're from the area and you're not already connected to a church, we'd love to have you come join us. You can find the full details at kzmc.ca. It's my hope and it's my prayer that God will speak to you through this teaching. May you have a marvelous day. So if you don't know who I am, my name's Sam Steckley. I'm currently serving here as the VBS director. I'm also a junior youth leader, but my day job is an elementary school teacher. Uh, So my main audience is typically kids, not adults. Um, I'd much rather face a room of preteens, despite their sass, uh, than a bunch of adults. So for today, I'm going to just pretend you're kind of all kids and you're just going to have to play along with me. So this means we're going to do more than sit and listen, because when you're only listening, you only retain about 25% of what someone says. So there might be some visual learning, some... Uh, kinesthetic movement learning. Um, And so because of that, you should have all received a sticky note and pen. If you didn't, you might have a song sheet with some space on it. So I got, actually, this was one of my favorites, when I asked, how did you learn how to pray? The first answer was, I didn't, which I kind of was like, yeah, okay. Then I got a lot of people saying, parents, grandparents, church leaders, kind of their example, and then they learned from that. A lot of people mention the idea of their parents having them do, like, thank you, God, for, and then filling in the blanks. Um, Some people mentioned learning specific, like, liturgical prayers, traditional prayers, and then repeating those. Uh, Somebody mentioned writing a letter to God as a way of um, sort of writing out their prayers. Um, And then I had a few people talk about sort of thinking outside of the box of what we think of prayer. It's not just, you know, talking out loud. Sometimes it's recognizing it's a conversation or um, just reflecting on the world around you with sort of God in mind as you do that. And I agreed with a lot of these, and I think a lot of them probably resonated with those of you who did not get to answer my poll. But I think one that got overlooked, kind of funnily enough, was the way that Jesus taught us to pray. Um, And this is what we would typically call the Lord's Prayer in our tradition from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. So I'm just going to read you that short little section. Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13. And this is Jesus talking. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, potentially hot take or unpopular opinion, I don't think that Jesus intended for us to just repeat the words he said in that sermon. I think that this is meant to be a framework that we can use to guide our prayers. And I'm going to read you another quote um, about that idea, kind of why I was led to this idea. The quote says, The model for prayer taught to us by Jesus is shallow enough for a baby to bathe in, and deep enough for elephants to swim through. That quote's by Mike Breen, and he wrote the book Building a Discipling Culture, which I had the opportunity to read and kind of study as part of one of the relearning community teams uh, from our church. 
And one of the chapters in that book is focused on Matthew 6 and the Lord's Prayer uh, that's in there. And in the book, they break it down into six sections and themes. So we have our first line of, Our Father in Heaven, um, hallowed be your name, or I'm going to give a little more paraphrased version of, Our Father in Heaven, your name is holy. And the theme of that is the Father's character. Then we have, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Theme of that one, the Father's kingdom. Give us this day our daily bread, the Father's provision. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, the Father's forgiveness. Lead us not into temptation, the Father's guidance. And deliver us from evil, the Father's protection. I'm just going to repeat those six really quick. Father's character, Father's kingdom, Father's provision, Father's forgiveness, Father's guidance, and Father's protection. Now in the book, to give us a visual, the author put these these six ideas on a six-sided shape. Now kids, what do we call a six-sided shape? Thank you. I don't think that was a child, but yeah, hexagon. Great. Thank you. So a hexagon. And now this is what your sticky note's for. You're going to draw a large hexagon on your sticky note. Not too large. You need to have a little bit of space around the outside, but fairly large hexagon. And we're going to add to that hexagon as we go today. Now, um, this should help you if you're a visual learner, but maybe visuals are not really for you. Maybe you're more of a hands-on learner. So if you're a hands-on learner, this next kind of connection I'm going to make might be helpful to you. So this is sort of a revelation that I had um, as I was packing up from VBS and starting to switch gears planning this uh, sermon. So this year at VBS, we focused on the... Anybody? Rachel, what did we focus on for uh, for VBS this year? Thank you, the armor of God. And the armor of God has six pieces, just like the Father, the Lord's Prayer has six sections. And I started to go, hey, I feel like there's some connections here. And so I have an idea of which um, section of the Lord's Prayer kind of fits with each piece of armor of God. I'll let you, you know, you can draw your own conclusions as well, but I'm going to go with what I came up with. So the six pieces of the armor of God are the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. I'm not going to focus a lot on each piece of armor today. Um, If you want some more information, talk to the VBS kids because we studied it all week. Um, And uh, these pieces of armor are going to come in handy as we learn with our hands, so you might have to do a little bit of miming for me today. So as the kids say, let's get into it. Our Father in Heaven is our first section of our prayer. And Your Name is Holy is kind of the second, but they've lumped together to be the Father's character. This is all about his identity. So breaking it down a little further, Our Father. This implies that he cares for us as his children. Some people might have trouble with this term if you had not a positive earthly father figure. Um, But God is the ultimate father figure. He's perfect as a father. He cares for us. We're adopted into his family. And when we make the decision to follow him, as he says in Luke 11, he will not deny us anything that is good for us. So our father in heaven. Earth cannot contain God our father. He is above the earth. He is fit only for the heavens. 
His position in heaven rather than on earth means that he can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, as Paul says in the letter to the Ephesians. And he's all-powerful. His name is holy, or your name is holy, is what we say. Perfect in goodness and righteousness. Holy is kind of a word that we throw around a lot in our culture that I think it's kind of lost its meaning, but um, it should be meaning perfect in goodness, majesty, incomprehensible, indescribable. And like we said in the previous line, God is in heaven. He's above earth. So he's far beyond anything that we can understand. Uh, one commentary that I read about this section um, suggested that this was a notable addition to the prayers, the Your Name is Holy, um, because in the first century, the Pharisees or the religious leaders of the time uh, were known for making their prayers very public and bringing a lot of attention to themselves and reverence for them and their name um, instead of recognizing um, their uh, bringing attention to the Creator. They brought a lot of attention to themselves by so by saying in our prayer, your name is holy, we are speaking specifically to God and we're recognizing who it is that we are showing adoration for. So this whole portion of the prayer, um, our Father in heaven, your name is holy, uh, that Jesus demonstrated for us is an effort to show praise and reverence for our king, recognizing him for who he is. Now many of the Psalms are prayers that are focused on the Father's character, exalting him as King and Lord, thanking him for what he's done. So Jesus calls us to reflect on and praise God for his character and identity. What could this part of our prayer look like or sound like? It might look like reflecting on some of those Psalms, praising God for his character. It might be listening and asking God to show you more of his identity. It may be just thanking God for who he is uh, in your thoughts or out loud. Okay, so now we're, we're going to connect our armor of God and our Lord's Prayer. So to me, the Father's character, which is the theme of our first section of the Lord's Prayer, is strongly connected to the belt of truth. So the belt of truth is what holds the rest of our armor together. Praising the Father for who he is and recognizing his authority is super critical to our prayer practice because it helps us to come to a stance of humility, recognizing that he is the one who can do all things. Um, repeating truths from God and about him and his character help us to see his authority and humble ourselves. So, on your sticky note, for your visual learners, on one side of the hexagon, it doesn't matter which side, just pick a side to start on, you're going to write the Father's character to help you remember this part of the prayer. If you're a hands-on learner, even if you're not, you're going to buckle your belt of truth, however you want, I don't know, and say something that's true about God, and we're going to thank him for that part of his character as we build our prayer today. So my example is something along the lines of, who is like the Lord, which we hear in Exodus and in the Psalms. Who is like the Lord, there is none like you. So that would be the intro to our prayer, buckling up, who is like the Lord. Now, when you're praying this on your own, maybe that's going to be longer. Maybe you're going to spend more stretch of time praising God for his goodness, his righteousness. Sometimes it might just be really short. Um, and when you're modeling this you to kids or to new believers, you might keep it really basic. Other times in your own practice, you might spend longer. So just to recap, the Father's character, this is what God tells us about himself. And what he has revealed about his character is true, like our belt, and fundamental to our praising of him. 
Part two, the Father's kingdom. This is from the section, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we already talked about how our Father is in heaven because earth cannot contain him. And his kingdom now we're talking about is not of this world. Earthly kingdoms and plans will always fail and fall short of perfection because only God's kingdom is perfect. In this section of the Lord's Prayer, we're asking for God's heavenly kingdom to come to earth. We want to see the righteousness and beauty of his kingdom here in our reality. Kingdom might seem like a little bit of a foreign concept in our time um, because we live in a democracy. But essentially, we're asking for God to bring his rule to our own world. His power, his leading, to set things right back and back to the goodness that he created originally. Um, according to one commentary that I read, this statement of let your kingdom come was a familiar expression to the Jews of the time that Jesus was reading this because it was part of the prayers often said when they were in exile centuries before. Um, most notably mentioned in the book of Daniel, they pleaded with God to deliver them from exile and bring his reign and kingdom through the Messiah. So this phrase was not new. We are now continuing this by asking for his kingdom to come on earth through the Holy Spirit, moving in our world, and we're also asking for the second coming. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, is the next line. I think that this can also be a moment of humbling. We have our own ideas of what we want to happen, what we think should happen in a situation, but trusting that God has a plan and a path. One scholar paraphrased the idea this way. Praying for his will to be done is to pray that we may neither displease God in anything we do, nor be displeased by anything that God does. In other words, we're handing over all control to God in every situation and trusting his plan. As Matthew Henry puts it, we pray that God may be made more, sorry, no, we pray that earth may be made more like the heavens by the observance of God's will. All right, here comes our armor connection. Breastplate of righteousness. So this piece of armor is protecting our physical heart. Righteousness is the path that God outlines for our lives in his word. How we ought to live in order to be in line with his will. By asking to know his will and living within that, we help to bring his kingdom to earth. In other words, we're bringing his righteousness to earth. This is a C.S. Lewis quote that I think of pretty often. You will certainly carry out God's purpose however you act, but it makes a difference to you whether you serve like Judas or like John. Both of those people carried out God's will very different ways. Wearing the breastplate of righteousness means that we seek God's will and his kingdom to bring it to earth in small ways. So how might we phrase this in our prayer according to Jesus' model? Maybe you'll ask for guidance to align with his will. Maybe you'll confess your will and then hand over the control to God knowing that he will handle it. His will and his power determine what happens. So praying for the Father's kingdom will often be more of a listening practice to hear what he has to say to you. On the next side of your hexagon, now, you can go clockwise or counterclockwise. If you go counterclockwise, I will judge you, but... Do you? On this side, you're going to write the Father's kingdom. 
And when we think of that theme, we're asking for God's kingdom to come, for his will to be a reality, and for us to hear his will and then follow his call. Hands-on people, that's mostly kids because most of you are not writing. You're going to put on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm going to be honest, I don't really know how you'd put on a breastplate of righteousness, but I think that you're probably going to put it over your head, maybe tie it up at the corners around this middle of you. So put on your breastplate of righteousness. And today, instead of saying anything, I'm just going to leave a moment of silence for you to listen for God's will and um, just reflect. So just a moment of silence. You can do the motion while you reflect. All right, part three. Give us this day our daily bread. The Father's provision. This is a short phrase, but it's packed with message. So we're going to break it down into smaller pieces. We're starting with give us. Us, not me. I'm not saying give me my daily bread. I'm saying give us our daily bread. We ask for compassion for our neighbors rather than just focusing on ourselves. To me, this phrase can often sound demanding, like give us. Give me it. That kind of thing. However, I think it's meant to sound more like we're trusting that he's going to do it um, and maybe already has, has provided this. I think the us can also imply that we ought to be praying this with others. This isn't something you just pray by yourself. We can and likely should be praying in community with believers for strength and renewal to further the kingdom. Next section. This day or today in some translations. So give us this day. Looking for renewal and refreshment is kind of what we're doing here. We're beginning our day, but we're trusting that we'll be provided for. I think this can also remind us of the need to commune with God and believers daily, not once in a while. Then we have our daily bread. Again, this sense of community and collective with the use of our. I'm not selfishly asking for just myself to be provided for, but I'm asking for provision for my neighbors as well. Some even suggest that this hour points to the type of bread that we're asking for. So I'm not asking for their daily bread, what they need to keep them going. I'm asking for our daily bread, what we need. The bread of life that Jesus promises. Daily bread in our culture is not really a thing. We have a lot of gluten intolerance in this world. However, in the culture of the time, bread was the main sustenance that was really important to your daily diet. The other thing is that bread isn't fancy. We're not asking for caviar and champagne. We're asking only for what we need, and we're trusting that he will provide that to us. In the book of John, Jesus refers to himself as the bread of life. He says, I am the bread of life. Come every day to me, and you will never be hungry. Believe in me, and you will never be thirsty. So not only can our daily bread refer to being provided for physically, but also spiritually. All right, which piece of armor might we connect this to? You might have an idea, but I have a little story, it's a true story, that might help you make the connection that I came to. So the time is 19th century England. There is a um, preacher named Reverend George Mueller who ran a orphanage. And he made prayer a very essential part of his life and then encouraged the children in the orphanage to do the same. On one occasion, the pantries in the orphanage were empty. There was no food. 
in the building. And the children were going to bed knowing that there was no food in the house for breakfast the next day. But they prayed together, and Reverend Mueller assured them that God would provide. In the morning, while, seating at the, while seated at the breakfast table, with no food in the house, they prayed together again. Shortly after, a baker from within the city knocked on the door and spoke of a dream he felt from God in the night. In the dream, he was told to get up and bake for the children at the orphanage. He followed that call, woke up, baked all night, and brought bread for the children in the morning to the orphanage. The same morning, a milk delivery man, this is the 1800s, knocked on the door, explaining that his cart had broken down outside the orphanage. He had no refrigerator. He had no way to get this milk where it needed to go with his broken cart. So rather than dumping the milk down the drain, he offered it to the orphanage. So the kids had bread and milk that morning, despite going to bed with an empty pantry. Any ideas or thoughts on which piece of armor Reverend Mueller was wearing in this situation? So we've done belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness. We have shoes of peace, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit. Yeah, shield of faith. For me, that's the most obvious. Um, the shield of faith is um, used as protection, uh, defense. We can connect this idea to our and us and give us this day our daily bread as well because it, the shields that were used in the time that Paul was talking were meant to connect with the next person's shield. So you didn't go into a battle by yourself. You were going with a group and your shield connected to the next person's to give you a solid line of defense. So we're in a community of faith that can face the enemy together with our faith in God as our shield. Our shield of faith gives us the strength to trust that God will provide for us physically and spiritually in whatever battles we face. On your hexagon, on the next side, you're going to write uh, the Father's provision. If you're a hands-on learner, you can pick up your shield, maybe tighten the straps around your arm. And we're going to use this, give us this day, our daily bread, and sort of expand on it or personalize it. So what I've written is, God, we thank you for the way that you provide what we need for us each day. We ask now that you continue to be and give us all that we need to maintain our strong faith in you and further your kingdom. So you should have three out of six sides on your hexagon covered. When I originally was asked to do this, I fully intended to make it through all six. However, I timed myself and realized that was not going to happen. So we're, we're going to stop at three, and you're going to stick that sticky note somewhere safe for another day when I can finish. So we're going to just recap on the three that we covered today. And we're going to put on our armor as we go. Everybody's going to put on their armor, even if you're a visual person. So the belt of truth reminds us of the Father's character, because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. His word is true and points to the love he has for us, and the power and the magnificence that separates him from any other gods. The breastplate of righteousness is number two. It reminds us of the Father's kingdom. Because when we ask to know God's will, he will set us on the path of righteousness. And when we act within his will, 
We help to bring his kingdom of righteousness and goodness to earth. Our shield of faith reminds us of the Father's provision. Because our faith allows us to trust that God will provide for us spiritually and physically, collectively and individually each day when we ask for his power and spirit to be present in our communities of faith. To close, we're actually going to try praying this together, but not the word for word. So it would be super chaotic if I just said, okay, go for it. We can do that if you really want to, but I have a feeling no one's going to do it. So instead, I will say the phrase that we know traditionally from the Lord's Prayer. And I want you either silently or maybe just under your breath, or if you feel like speaking out, go for it, um, to expand on the idea that we've talked about. So in the first section, we're all just talking about the Father's character or the belt of truth, truths that we know. Expand in a moment of silence, and then I will say something to go to the next one. Good? Okay. Here we go. Our Father in heaven, your name is holy. Who is like the Lord? There is no one like you. You're a caring father to us all, and we praise you for your care and your power. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we don't know the plans you have for us, but we ask that you will use us to further your kingdom here on earth. And we ask for wisdom and courage to do your will. Give us this day our daily bread. God, we thank you for the way that you provide what we need for us each day. We ask now that you will continue to be and give us all that we need to maintain our strong faith in you and further your kingdom. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Jesus, we thank you for the sacrifice that you made by dying to save us from our sins when we didn't deserve it. We ask for the strength to extend the grace that you so freely gave us to those around us. Lead us not into temptation. King David spoke of your guidance to green pastures as a kind shepherd. We ask now that you will guide our feet here on earth, following you no matter how difficult it seems, as you are the only one who can give us true peace. Deliver us from evil. Though evil may circle us, we know that you protect us in every circumstance. 
You have already conquered death and evil, can no longer have any power over us. Grant us peace in knowing that you surround us. And I invite you to close with me. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.